So the, uh, so the main thing that I always just want to accomplish is to, A, give you a quick update on kind of just the health of the church. Uh, hey, could we, uh, Bruce, could you close that cafe door? They already are. They're way ahead of you. And could you lock those doors so nobody could get out? We're going to take up another offering. So, um, I'll just talk really quickly. I don't have any prepared remarks other than to walk you through a few things. Uh, But the main thing we always like to do is, um, as a church, we always want to be above reproach. And so, we always want to give the congregation the opportunity to ask any questions about anything. Um, If anybody wants a copy of the financials or whatever, how we spend the money or whatever, we always, on an annual basis, want to make that available so that everything is transparent and that everybody knows exactly what's going on. And so there are no questions off base. If anybody um, has any questions, you can uh, certainly ask. But let me just run you through a few. We have slides, right? Okay, good. So let me just run you through just through a few things about the church uh, recently, if you want to throw up the first one. Um, so it's been awesome to see how uh, attendance has continued to grow. We both, uh, we, we have, uh, this is an all-in number. So we, this is adults, children, teens, everybody kind of all-in. Uh, and so in the last you know, few years, we've um, had some really good growth and, and experienced some good growth. Um, you want to go to the next slide? So this is one, when you talk about the health of a church, I think it's always important to look at kind of where things have, have happened financially. And for me, the benchmark kind of was 2009. So in 2009, we hit a big financial crisis along with the rest of the world. Um, we were operating at about a $200,000 deficit. And so we completely changed up everything about the way that we do church organizationally. So if you see in 2009... Uh, where giving was at 549, we had a very expensive uh, mortgage with a very high interest rate that we were battling, just like a lot of people who were homeowners at the time. Uh, and so slowly, and, and, and one of the big things that I think that we made the decision to do was, as a church, we never like kind of raised the red flag and said, oh, you know, everything's, we're in trouble, please give because we're in trouble. We really stuck to what we believe about giving which is that we want people to give as a result of their relationship with God. So I'm not one who's like, all right, let's give to keep the lights on or to pay the mortgage or all of that. That's, that's a very difficult thing for me. And so we just made the decision, we're going to continue to inspire people about their relationship with God. And if we are faithful, things will happen. And I think that this shows the result of that. So, um, you know, giving has really ratcheted up um, on an annual basis, and what you'll see in a minute, in 2014, the thing that, um, go ahead, go to the next slide, what's the next slide? Yeah, so the amazing thing about 2014 is it wasn't really $700,000 of giving, it was really $1.4 million in giving, um, because when you look at what everybody gave on a regular giving basis, the Believe campaign was above and beyond everybody's regular giving, and so while the commitments were $1.1 million, we collected $736,000 um, already to date for the Believe campaign. So it was pretty 
incredible to see how um, through the Believe campaign in one year people were inspired uh, to give. And again, we as a church, we don't ask for money, so we're not up here routinely begging the congregation. We only um, talk about money in the context of our relationship with God. And in the Believe campaign, we really believed that it would be a challenging thing to everybody's faith. Like it's a faith-building exercise because money is one of those tough parts of our relationship with God in terms of being able to, to let go of our material stuff. So it was, we were completely blown away about this. So in the Believe campaign, there were, um, so that's an updated commitment. So the original commitment from 2013, we did it, um, was about just over a million ninety thousand. I'm going to say that. I think that's true. Um, and then we did recommitment Sunday, uh, the last Sunday in November, or the third Sunday in November, somewhere in there. And so people had the opportunity to either reduce their commitments or to raise their commitments. And so as a result of recommitment Sunday, people actually raised their commitments. And we, I think we received even 30 new commitments of people who participated for the first time. And so our commitment level now is at a million uh, 187, 619 for the Believe campaign. But the thing that blows everybody away is that it's 62% collected. One of the things that we talked about is that there were two real critical needs um, along with the Believe campaign. One was we had to get this mortgage off our back, and so we had to refinance. So we did. But what we did was we took uh, part of that mortgage and made it a second mortgage so that in the Believe campaign, we could pay that off. And so we're aggressively paying that down. And so what we've said is absolutely true. The quicker that we can pay down that second mortgage, the quicker we can reduce that interest payment and that saves the church a ton of money. And people have really responded to that and I think in giving. Uh, The second thing is that I don't think I, I talked about this before, but we were actually in a code violation on our parking lot because you're not allowed to have a gravel parking lot in the city of Elgin. And so uh, one of the big things that we needed to do was the expansion of the west parking lot, make it all legit, uh, because we knew the city eventually would, you know, shut that lot down or something, and there was some threats about that. So we had to spend the money to do that. And so that was a very expensive endeavor because we couldn't just go out there and just pour a bunch of asphalt. It was all to the city of Elgin standards with curb and gutter and storm sewer and lights and electric, and so it was a 200 and... Something is that going to come up? Mm, maybe not. Um, I think it was like. Does anybody have that number? Two eighty. It was two hundred eighty grand um, that we had to spend in order to get the uh, the parking lot done. So, um, so these are the things that we've been able to do with the Believe campaign. We've been able to expand the West uh, parking lot. We have not yet expanded the auditorium seating. That's something that's going to come later on as we get the rest of the commitments. Uh, the Elgin police detail on Sundays that we see every week um, was made possible through the Believe campaign. Um, and just to, give, just to give you just a small, I mean, just, just a brief little thing about that. So when we were able to get this uh, land approved by the city of Elgin, we negotiated a left-hand turn lane that is only in existence, and thank goodness we did this, but it's only in existence until eventually our parking lot will connect into Nestler, into that light, and then we would be able to turn left there. Well, when the economy collapsed, 
the developer dropped that development, and so that connection never occurred. And so that put us, you know, left us without a light onto 20, which is dangerous and takes a long time. I mean, people were waiting like 30 minutes to get out of the parking lot. So that was one of the incentives of, of trying to get things done with the Elgin Police Department and getting that done. And you don't get them for free. Uh, we made some uh, necessary updates and repairs. The building is seven years old now and eight years old. Um, so there's been some capital stuff that we've had to spend money on just to keep things uh, um, updated. We uh, were able to increase the ministry budget and did some major ministry expansion. One of the things that we have not done well on as a church is a focus on small groups. And so we have really re-engaged our commitment to small groups. And so Eric Racine here um, has graciously um, decided on a, a part-time basis to focus in on small groups. And so he's done a great job about that. And so that was all part of the Believe campaign. And then the next slide... Um, so, yeah, so over, over a five-year period, the Believe campaign through the refinance, principal reduction, and the pay down of the second mortgage, we're going to be able to reduce our mortgage uh, by about a million bucks. And to date, I think the next slide says we've reduced the mortgage by, mm, uh, yeah, 263000 So um, as part of the Believe campaign of what's been given so far, we've been able to reduce the mortgage by 263000 but also, along with that, our payment, our mortgage, our monthly mortgage payment has been dramatically uh, reduced. So that's really freed up some, some cash to be able to do more ministry stuff. So, so that's it. It's kind of the formal presentation, but I just want to see if anybody has any, um, and, and if anybody wants an accounting of anything in terms of the financials or Believe campaign, those are available. Um, um, I was... Uh, we've, we've uh, just to let you know, we've had a, an unfortunate circumstance in the church where um, Norm Whitney has been our executive pastor, and um, he's been battling a really uh, bad bout with cancer, and so he had to resign as executive pastor. So I was looking around the room for the for the executive pastor. I am the executive pastor. Um, <laughs> so I took that on as an interim uh, role, but along with me is uh, Craig Tower, and uh, Craig is uh, somebody who I love and respect and uh, trust immensely, and so he's actually coming in um, to head up the finance team and to provide that level of accountability from an outside standpoint. He's also um, coming on to the leadership team, Um, so we're really grateful for Craig. So I'm just kind of walking along with him in in this kind of transition period, as Norm has uh, stepped out of that position. Um, I was going to see, is Danielle Zapchank here? Sheena, what's that? Oh, she's outside, that's okay. I was just going to introduce you to Danielle Zapchank. She's also going to come on to the leadership team um, in this next uh, week or so. She'll be kind of formally, she's on. Okay, so she's uh, also coming on the leadership team. So um, anyway, I just want to open it up to any questions or uh, anything that anybody has that you'd like to sit around, talk about, chat about. I can always count on you, Vicki. No. 17 years, you've had a question, so that's good. No, Vicki is one of our founding members of Westridge. So. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I only serve one month as a kids ministry, and I can see that that's blowing up and it's getting big in the classroom. Any kind of, I can, from, you know, talking to the leaders, morphing how we can combine these classes. Is there a focus on that um, in the near future? 
So her, her question is about um, children's ministry and kind of a need to expand. So we don't have any plan to expand the building. So we've been doing what we can in terms of creating petitions and kind of cutting down uh, rooms to create more capacity for kids. Um, so that's always going to be a growing you know, issue. I mean, from the day one, the, the kids' ministries, we have, we, we have a very strong commitment to our kids. We, we want our kids to have an incredible experience at church. And so what they do up there is just beyond comprehension. There's an incredible level of commitment. And along with that comes a huge need for volunteers to be part of that ministry. And so we're constantly in need of people who are part of the, of the kids, Westridge kids team and um, so that will be a constant need. But in terms of physical expansion of the building, we have no plans for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond small I think one of the major ministry expansions beyond small groups has been uh, Greg's leadership in the Stevens ministry. Um, to really create a safety net for people who have kind of emotional need for support. And so that uh, Stevens ministry has been kind of one of the bigger ministry expansions uh, that's been able to be part of that. Is there anything else that we you want? We launched three this year. Uh, we launched Stephen Ministries. We launched the mentoring program at Hops. And we launched the work shift, which we're all brand new this year. Um, you know, part of it is determining what the needs are. Any other questions? Anything else that anybody would like to chat about? Anything? Yeah. So beyond the, the, the staying off of the building, or the, the repositioning ourselves so that we don't have to spend as much on a monthly basis, what I'd just like to hear from you what your what your overall vision is beyond you know what we do here on a Sunday. And, We've got two or three, two years left on the belief campaign. Yeah. And then, if you had like a five-year vision. Yeah. Or a ten-year vision, whatever your whatever your yeah. uh, mid-range vision is, I'd love to hear it. Okay. So, um, I guess the um, um, quick answer. Uh, sorry. So the the question was, what is the five-year vision? And I'm sure that uh, a lot of people have different visions about Westridge. I guess the best way to answer that is I don't. And, and primarily because we started Westridge to fill an important need in the community, which is that um, the people who attend Westridge don't really connect to mainstream churches. Um, they're people who feel comfortable exploring their spirituality here, and people of Westridge are kind of different. So we're not a traditional church in the sense that we're driving for growth. So you'll never hear us say, hey, you know, let's get the numbers up or let's have a bigger attendance or so we can build that next phase and all that. And that's really not on my radar. It sounds 
really exhausting to build another building, quite frankly, uh, to go through that again. I mean, I think that if we continue to grow, we'll have to address some things. Um, but I have to say that I'm just really content about the, the health of Westridge. So the, the biggest thing for us was to get Westridge in a healthy place, both from a leadership standpoint and a financial standpoint and an organizational standpoint, so that it all, you know, functions well and we're serving, the, you know, the community well. Um, so beyond that, I don't have any real kind of driven dreams or goals about it becoming a mega church or anything like that. I, I love what we have. And so it, there's a little bit of a conundrum in the sense that we always want to reach new people. And we always want to be open to, to reaching people. And so there's, it's always been a tension within me about, you know, reaching people and at the same time kind of loving the way Westridge is, you know, as it is. And, you know, we, we, eventually that we may face that. And we're, we're, we're actually zoned and entitled for a 1,200-seat auditorium on the piece of land that you walk past, you know, in the parking lot here every week. Um, but, you know, again, it sounds really exhausting to build on. <laughs> so, so. Would it be fair, just a follow-up, would it be yeah. fair to say that, you know, as the building, the way you see it now, unless the growth just explodes to a level where we, we, we have to have a yep. larger building, that as, the, as the, the mortgage is paid down and it frees up more funds, you see that money going into... Ministry. ministry, yeah. Right. I mean, I think that we can make a greater difference in different. I mean, uh, Shelby and I have been exploring a, a nonprofit that we really are behind 100% in the third world. We're, we're not at a place where we can kind of get into it yet, but um, it's a ministry that I'd love us to jump into and put some money behind. And so, yeah, so those are things, just making a, a greater difference, building a greater level of quality of life here. And I, you know, it's hard because I don't want people to just be kind of comfortable in our normacy, but at the same time, I don't want to be driven for numbers for numbers' sake. So that's important to me. Yeah. I think that's important that there's, I mean, that I feel or that I know that as I ratchet up my giving, the the goal is to get what's here today out of the way. The more we pay down that mortgage, the greater impact we're going to have in this community and in other areas. And, um, yeah, so we, I have some really great dreams about that. I mean, I'd like to see Westridge take on drilling some whale, uh, wells in Nicaragua and where they don't have fresh water or Africa um, to help reduce Ebola. Chris C. Yeah. Yeah, so Shelby and I went down to their fundraiser in December in his church to explore that more, and they're just doing great stuff. So, you know, when we get to a place, I'd love, I'd, that's what I dream about. That's my vision, is to be able to have a greater impact. So, anybody else? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funky. So we're, we're, one of the things that we did in 2009 when we hit a financial crisis is that we um, became more of a volunteer-driven church. Uh, and so when we reorganized the leadership team, we said, okay, if you want to be on the leadership team, you have to have a job. Like, you have to function like a staff member and take a particular area of ministry as a volunteer. So I'm a volunteer. I don't get paid from the church, not even a dime. Um, and none of the leadership team does except for Greg, who's full-time. So we have full-time, we have Greg, and we have Michael. 
um, overseeing the, the music ministry. So we couldn't get by if we didn't have, the, I mean, the, they hold the church together. Then we have Jimena, who's technically part-time, but she's full-time in the sense that she has two jobs here. So Jimena runs the kids' ministry, but she also uh, keeps the books and the financial aspect of the church. So she's the one who does all the accounting and, and everything for the bookkeeping for the church. So she technically is part-time, but she has a full-time position in the sense that she has two roles. And she would tell you that she has really four jobs, but yeah. Um, and then from there, we, we have part-time people. And so we fill in with specialists, you know, like Eric. And um, kids uh, in kids' ministry, I think we have three part-time uh, people. And, and then everybody else is, you know, volunteering. We're grateful to Lindsay, who... Uh, so we also had our main uh, volunteer um, administrator at the church um, also was unfortunately battling cancer, so she had to resign, and so we've backfilled that with a few people, and so, you know, people like Lindsay have, have stepped up, and she's here on Mondays now helping for the bookkeeping and all kinds of stuff that she's doing. And so it's primarily a volunteer-driven church in order to keep things exp- Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm very grateful to be in a group of people who are just really committed, and it's really unique because it's, it's a, I think it's a unique vision in the sense that we're very committed to following Jesus in the best way that we can, and we're really committed to creating a place that's special and unique, and so I feel like that's what you know, happens here. I mean, we're very grateful for Michael and everything that he does, but beyond that, he has you know, these volunteers. I mean, Sean, who leads worship from time to time, he comes from downtown Chicago, so he came in last night on the train, I think, and, you know, and so, I mean, th- these guys are just, you know, phenomenal to do what they do every week, but at the level that they do every week is just, is amazing. So. Anybody else? Lawrence. Yeah. I've had somebody hit me up and say, oh, is this where the capital campaign money's going? These new lights are ah. here and paint in the cafe. And yeah. Sure, yeah. So um, we have an uh, anonymous donor who um, is capable of giving above their regular giving and above their Believe campaign gift who um, has been really blessed. And so um, they've given some money to be able to do some things around the church that we wouldn't be able to do unless we had designated giving. So we've been able to uh, renovate the cafe. Um, we just did these uh, lights, and we're actually doubling the number of these lights uh, in the next couple of weeks, and so we just have some money that's created some energy for some things. You know, again, the building gets a little tired after seven, eight years, and so it's been nice to be able to have somebody who's been giving some money. So your Believe campaign money did not go to any of that. It's gone to exactly what we said it's going to go to. We have a full accounting of that. Um, so that is a separate gift that's been given. Again, if anybody um, wants to see the financials or believe campaign accounting or has any questions you know, about any of that, feel free. We always want to be transparent uh, in, in every way um, and open book with the church. So. Nope. If you didn't come to church because of the snow, then you don't get to be in this meeting. I, I think they're going to, are you going to record it and throw it on the... On Facebook, so it'll it'll be on Facebook. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah. So it'll be available for people who didn't have the guts. I don't do Facebook, so you gotta edit. Okay, all right. (laughs) That's right. We're gonna put your picture next to it.
All right, anybody else? I'm going to see about catching a plane to Boston. So. Yeah.